down there with uh, Jeannie there. So, okay, well, let's pray as we get into God's Word today. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness and your grace in our life today. Lord, we thank you for that amazing grace that you have placed inside of us. Lord, it is that grace that empowers us to do things for you. It is in that grace that we are saved by that grace through faith. And Lord, we just ask today that you would minister to the children's ministry there through Jeannie and uh, today. The boys there say um, minister for your word that the Holy Spirit would be present there today. That you would give them something to uh, strengthen their inner man. Also here in our, our adult service, Father, we ask, Father, that you would uh, assist us with the Holy Spirit. To help us, to guide us, to lead us, to direct us, to be changed into your image. We give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. All right. Well, a little boy and his father visited the country store. And upon leaving the store, the owner of the store offered the little boy some free sweets. Grab a handful of sweets, the merchant said to the boy. The boy just stood there looking up at his father. The owner repeated himself. Son, get a handful of sweets. It's free. Again, the boy did not move, continuing to look up into the father's face. Finally, the father reached into the candy jar and got a handful of sweets and gave it to his son. As they walked back home, the father stopped and asked his son why he didn't grab a handful of free candy. The boy, with a big smile on his face, looked up into his father's eyes and said, uh, Dad, it's because your hand is bigger than mine. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Amen, right? Page uh, 988 in our Bibles this morning. If you guys want to turn there, we're going to be there, turn there here in just a few minutes. But I want to talk about my life just a little bit and where I came from and kind of how I got here. Um, as a little boy growing up, you know, on Sunday morning, we would hook up Patty and Babe and we would hook in the double buggy there, all nine of us kids there for a short period of time. And we would head off to somebody's house there to to church because we had uh, church in, in people's homes then. And um, there was what we called a bench wagon. And this bench wagon was a square wagon that we could pull with tractors to whoever's people were having church. And, and that bench wagon had benches in it. And, and those benches were uh, one by 12. Not very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> they were a one by 12 that had legs on it with no back and no cushion. <laughs> and guess how long church was? Three hours. Chris got three hours. We sat there, and as a little boy, I can remember sitting there in that, uh, on those benches with my dad and my brother on the other side, and we'd just be bored. You know, we'd be trying to find something to do, and we'd bring little toy tractors and play with tractors. And you know, as we grew a little bit more, still sitting with dad, we'd try to bug the person in front of us, and you know, just this honor that. But my dad, he. I kind of borrowed a pen from mom sometimes, you know, because ladies wear dresses. The Amish ladies wear dresses, and they put their dresses on with pins, straight pins. And so dad, he got to the point where he kind of borrowed a pen from mom uh, on Sunday morning on the way to church. She'd have an extra one, and he'd just kind of put it in his deal there. And if us boys got a little bit too rowdy, well, guess what we got? <laughs> we got the straight pen ministry. <laughs> So I can remember that, and I can I can remember that there was an occasion, a time, you know, that I just for some period of time, don't remember exactly the age, but I we had a stairs in our house. We had a upstairs, and we had a staircase, and that staircase had a rail on it, you know, and everything, and 
And um, there was about a month that I would come home from church and I would get my younger brother and my younger sister and I would uh, put them down there on a little bench that we had. And I would get two steps up on those stairs and I'd go get dad's old prayer book and I would preach to them. <laughs> I'd preach a sermon to them, you know, and we'd just have a little church right there. And I can remember that. And I can, it's only, I only did, I didn't do it every Sunday, but it seemed like there was a period of time that I did that. And I, I look back on that and I believe that God had called me back then. They called me into the ministry and I just didn't realize it, just didn't really know how to go about it. Just didn't, you know, uh, how do you work this thing out? And as I grew, you know, 16 years old, I, I got my own buggy. I got my own horse and buggy and I had a single buggy and a single horse. And so I would uh, go to church on me in my own buggy and take my sister along or my older brother. Somebody could ride with me occasionally. But uh, back then, you know, some of the Amish people, they would do what you call rumspringa. And that means run around. If you rumspringa. Somebody say rumspringa. Yeah, <laughs> so we would do that. And, I, and I, as I go through life and I look back at life, there was, I was, there was always an emptiness in there. There was always missing something. And I thought if I could just fit in with the crowd, that I, you know, that missing something would just kind of go away. It would fulfill that missing, whatever was missing in there. And uh, so most most young folks back then, 16 years old, you know, they had a boombox or some kind of tape player or something, and they would sneak in and listen to music that was a little bit wild, you know, some ACDC and the Cars and Aerosmith and Ariel Speedwagon. Where's where all my, come on, who's, anybody else there? <laughs> the young kids, they don't know what that is nowadays. That's when they really make good music, anyhow, praise God. No, oh, no, 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 none of that. But. So anyhow, most other kids, you know, they had a, just had kind of a boom box run on D batteries out there. But I thought, well, shoot, you know, we, if we're going to listen to music, we might as well do it right. And so I had uh, went and got me some Jensen speakers and a eight track player, and I put those Jensen's on and in my buggy. We had a little glove box out there in the front that was about like that, you know. And I put those Jensen speakers right on the side of that glove box. <laughs> I put me a tape player in there. And you know, on Sunday mornings, man, we put that in there. Ario Speedwagon, baby. We're headed to church, man. <laughs> but you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, take that battery out of the Ford, out of that Ford tractor and put it in that buggy just for Sunday, you know. And then Sunday night, the kids would get together and we'd have a singing and, and have a meal wherever they had church. And. After the singing and after the meal, you know, we would get out there and we'd turn that music up and we would listen to the music and, you know, and just have a good old time. James's buggy. Let's go to James's buggy, you know. <laughs> and that was fine for a while, really nice, you know, but there was still something missing. Still something missing in there. And I couldn't quite put my finger on what was still missing. And um, so fast forward on August 18th. 1998, at 35 years old, I finally figured out what was missing. And it was Jesus. I was missing Jesus. And there was a void in there that only he could fill. And I thought, this is it. Why has somebody not told me about Jesus? And they asked me, said, have you know, been born again? You know, we want to do that? Forgiveness for sins that you might want to enter into heaven and, you know, and this and that. And I thought, why hasn't somebody said this to me before? I mean, I, I used to sit in church with our singings. 
We would sing Amazing Grace. We would sing I'll Fly Away. We would sing all the songs. But it didn't mean nothing. It didn't mean anything. Until that day, August 18th, 1998, a little before pickup, I got born again. And I got saved and became a member of the family of God. Gave my life to him. Well, during that same period of time, I was um, started attending a church there, a little uh, Eden Mennonite church. And it was I was pursuing the Lord with everything I had. Uh, if I'm going to do the Christian life, I'm going to do it with everything I've got. Because I've... I was born again. Someone gave me the gospel. Somebody else, uh, you know, needs the gospel as well. And the best way I know how to do it is for me to live the life. And then I'll have a little bit of credibility to talk about that life. So I feel like, you know, I was kind of called then. I talked about it before. At that time, I had a vision. God showed me a vision of a pulpit that looked just kind of like this one. (laughs) Amen. Amen. But how did I get here? How, how did I get here? Uh, it wasn't through just happenstance. There was things that happened after I got born again that, uh, you know, the person I was married to at that time, they said, we're not having any of this. Well, you're doing way too much Christian stuff. You're, you're doing way too much, you know, you're just doing too much Christian stuff and I think I'm just going to do my own thing. But I decided myself then, I said, you know what I'm going to do? It is because Jesus that I got saved, I'm going to run to the church instead of from the church because I've seen something in a believer that, um, that I wanted. And it was the truth. It was a person living for Christ. And so I ran to the church I ran to Rainbow Bible Training Center just as fast as I could get there. And I started developing my call, developing my ministry, developing the things that God had placed inside of me. And I did that through pursuit of God's word, through the pursuit of the Christian life, through uh, pursuing everything that I could get my hands on that, 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 that God had for me. I wanted it. And I knew that I was supposed to go and teach God's people faith. I knew that I was supposed to go teach them faith after I got into the church and got kind of realizing the call and the, the ministry gifts that God had placed inside of me. I realized that I'm supposed to go teach God's people faith. And so uh, Paul and I, we came to Garfield County in 19, 2011. And uh, we started attending a church and a charismatic church and, a, you know, a, a, a church that, mm, you know, it looked like, you know, that was uh, the, the church. Ministry opportunity there, growing things, growing there. And I thought, yeah, this is it. I'm going to start pe- teaching God's people faith. Now, I've done a lot of ministry up until, the, up until then, prison ministry and, and minister. Wherever the doors are open, I would walk through it and I would minister. If somebody's going to sit there and listen to me, I'll preach to them. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Wherever that door open, I don't care if it's a Bible study, didn't care if it's someone on the street, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to minister to them. So I kept thinking, man, this is it. There's all kinds of opportunity here. The door's going to open up. And After three or four years at this church, I thought, man, this, is, this just doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel right. And all of a sudden, doors started kind of closing. Bam, this door closed. And this ministry position is filled by this person. And this is filled by that one. And here I have been serving for three or four years and not even consider that. This door closed, door closed, 
door closed. Now, I had made a lot of confessions up until then about my ministry gift and about the things that God had spoken into me. Um, getting words and making confessions of faith. Getting the, the words that pertain to where God wanted me to be. And speaking those out, meditating on those, praying those through, and asking God to open those doors up to where he wanted me at. So, six years ago, I mean, it's like every door went slammed shut. I mean, just slammed smack shut. And I had been walking with by faith up until this time, and what I thought in my mind was the right place to be, God said, no, this ain't it. And so I made a declaration of faith. There's something that came out from the inside. And it said, I'm going up and I'm going over and I'm going into what God called me to do. And that was, in about, that was about six years ago. Well, those doors slammed shut, but I stood on God's word. I stood on the things of the Lord and I stood on what he said and what he showed me on the inside. And I said, God, you said that I would go teach your people faith. These doors are closing up, and so you're going to have to open up doors for me to walk through. And I kept that declaration of faith in there. I'm going up, and I'm going over, and I'm going into what God called me to do. Amen? And all of a sudden, there were three phone calls in that one week. And two of them were out of state. Oh, well, praise God. I get to go to Illinois and minister in Illinois. <laughs> oh, and up there? What? <laughs> I was lying. Cold in this area? Yeah, Paula said, you can, you can call him anywhere you want, want to call him. Just don't call him north. <laughs> <laughs> so that door opened up for me in Mattoon, Illinois. And man, me and mom took a trip to Mattoon, Illinois. And I got up in that church and I preached a sermon. Man, it was a good sermon. Revival happened, you know, and, and uh, prayer time. And, and um, I thought, well, man, this could be it. There was an opportunity there for me. But it was too far north for Paula. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a big opportunity there for me. I could have checked it. I could have stepped right in there. We could have went right in there. But there was just a check on the inside. It's not it. Not the place. Um, and I thank God for that, right? I mean, there was an anointing on that message. There was, a, there was a, a, you know, the, the gospel was taking place. People were getting hit, set free and delivered. But it was still a no there after I'd made that declaration. So I thought, well, i got to go to Indiana. I'm going to preach three-day conference up there to this church that's having trouble and do a leadership conference with them. And I thought, man, this is good, you know. So I had my mom with me. she got a lot of relatives in Indiana. So we go to Indiana. We, we leave Mattoon, Illinois at about 1230. we got to be in, in Middlebury, Indiana by 5 o'clock that night to, do, to start that leadership training up there. And this is doing good. The people are receiving the word, you know, and I'm thinking, wow, this could be it too, you know. And inside is that check. Still that place in there. And so there wasn't just a little bit longer. Kelly called. Kelly Crocker, he called. He said, James, what do you think about Antelope Valley Church? I said, hey, God can open that door. I'm walking through it. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> 
So I come down to Valley Church, and, I, and you know, and I, I see everybody here, and talk to the board and the and, and the and the uh, you know the search team at that time. And I said, I'll come preach for you, but you know, listen, we're, I'm just going to be an intern pastor for one year. And if you like the way I preach, and if you like the way I stand, and if I like you, we're good. And we can go from there. Amen? Amen? So I did, you guys did, and we're good. Amen? Amen? So why do I say all that? I say all that to say a message today, the God kind of faith. It's the God kind of faith. And that's what got me here today. It was not, not anybody manipulating or opening doors. It was the God kind of faith. And something came out of in here and spoken into the atmosphere. And God opened the doors. And we walked through them. Right? I want to go back to the vision there at the Mennonite Church. And I'm only sharing two parts of this because we want to take a little bit at a time. Amen? We don't want to get overloaded too quick. Praise God. But back when I had that vision there at Eden Mennonite Church, God also said that when you go teach my people faith and you go talk about the faith message, uh, you're not only going to talk about that faith message at the local area, you're going to take that, that same message and take it overseas. And he said to me that your first three airplane flights, commercial airplane flights, will not be to the beach in Florida. And they won't be to, uh, you know, the nice Caribbean Sea in Mexico. And he said, uh, your third mission, your third commercial airplane flight won't be to Hawaii, to the beach over there. Thank God for the fourth one, though, because that was the fourth one. (laughs) (laughs) Your first three flights, commercial flights, will be overseas and they will be going to help someone get the gospel out. Now, how many of you know a little Amish boy that uh, never been on a commercial airplane in his life? You know, get on a jet airplane and fly to Romania. Fly over there three times. First three flights that I took were to Bucharest, Romania. I ended up and we flew from Georgia to uh, uh, Paris, France one time. Seen the Eiffel Tower as we was flying in, you know. Look over there and see it. But then we got right on another plane, right into Bucharest. And when we hit the ground, we were, we were doing ministry, working and doing those things over there. Praise God. First three flights was over there. But thank God for the fourth one. Praise God. I met my wife today. <laughs> Guess what? We had our honeymoon. Hawaii, baby. That's it. That little five-hour flight was a whole lot more pleasant than that 24-hour flight to Bucharest, Romania. Praise God. Amen. Just as rewarding. Yeah, just as rewarding. That's right. Exactly right. I mean, you know, it's good to be in God's will. Amen. It's good to be in God's will. I want to talk about a passage of Scripture here today. That I, I was trained on this passage of Scripture. I really haven't touched on this very much because we've been laying foundation. If you know who you are in Christ, if you know that you're serving the Lord Jesus Christ, if you know for sure that it is his righteousness that gives you access and entrance into his kingdom, uh, guess what? This will work. But if that foundation is not laid, this can get perverted. Okay? So uh, Mark 11th, the 11th chapter there, in page uh, 988. Actually, let's go to 987. 
And there's a story here in Mark chapter 11. Starts out in verse 12. Starts out in verse 12. I'm not going to have this on the screen because we got it in our Bibles. Anybody need a Bible? Anybody not have a Bible there? We've got pew Bibles now, for those of you who don't know. Mark 11, verse 12. Very interesting story. says this. Let's read it together. I'll read it. You guys just follow along. On the following day, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry. It's talking about Jesus. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in a leaf, he went to see whether perhaps he would find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For it was not the season for fig trees. He said to it, May no one ever eat from fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. Let's go on to 15. Then they came to Jerusalem. He entered the temple and began to drive out those who were selling and those who were buying in the temple. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats and those who uh, sold doves. He would uh, not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. He was teaching and saying, Is it not written? My house shall be called the house of prayer for all nations. But you have turned made it a, a den of robbers. And when, he, when the chief priests and the scribes heard it, they kept looking for a way to kill him. They were afraid of him because the whole crowd was spellbound by his teaching. And when evening came, Jesus and his disciples uh, went out of the city. Okay, so let me get a little bit of background on this. Okay, this is about six, seven days before the crucifixion. Jesus comes in, comes in on the triumphal entry, does all that. Next day, they, him and the disciples are headed back from Bethany to Jerusalem. They see this fig tree over there. Jesus is hungry. He goes over to that fig tree, and there's no figs on it. And he says, no one will eat fruit from, fruit from you again. In other words, you're going to die from the roots up. Then, we just read it there. He goes into the temple, goes into the temple there, and he starts turning over Money changers tables, doves and all those things that the high priest and stuff had in there for sacrifice. He started turning them over and throwing them out and, you know, and, and saying, listen, my house will be called a house of prayer. You turn it into a den of thieves. And so how many of you know that would cause a little problem? <laughs> right? That could cause a little problem. So they were trying to figure out a way to kill Jesus. They were trying to figure out a way to make him stumble. And the disciples, they left uh, Jerusalem and the synagogues and went and stayed in Bethany because there were people chasing him. They wanted to, they wanted to do away with him. He was still in the crowd. So after that incident, the next day, him and his disciples, they're headed back towards Jerusalem to go into the synagogues. Pretty brave folks, right? Go in there and teach again. And Jesus, uh, Peter, how many of you know Peter's real observant? He just looks at things and notices things and sees things and opens his mouth when he shouldn't and does all these things. Him and the disciples, they're walking up with Jesus. And they look at that fig tree that Jesus uh, cursed. And they said, um, Master, look, this thing's died up. This thing's died, dying from the roots up. What, what, what's the deal here? And Jesus gives the explanation of that. He says there, then in Mark eleven twenty two, he says, answering Peter, have God's faith. But the actual literal interpretation of that is have God's kind of faith. Have the God kind of faith. He said to Peter, you have the God kind of faith, things will happen for you. 
Um, and so I want I wanna I wanna point out here real quick why a fig tree? How many of you know there was something else mentioned in the beginning of the Bible at the fall? What did Adam and Eve use to cover themselves because they were naked? Fig leaves. Okay. So the fig leaves are an expression of a quiet and security place, quiet and secure place. It is used by the prophets in description of the Messianic kingdom. There is a spiritual peace and joy, holy security for all faithful subjects of God's anointed one. For the fig tree is a tree full of large leaves, which may be an emblem of a profession of relationship with Christ and of a con conversation agreeable to it. Which yet are, are you know, so, okay, so in other words, it's that. It's peace, it's security. It um, represents that. It represents the things of the heaven, things of God. It represents that. That, that fig tree represents that. Now, how many of you know Jesus was a very wise teacher? Jesus was a very wise trainer. Um, and so the scene is kind of, if you follow along with it, that fig tree out there represents peace, security, represents those things. And right after Jesus curses that fig tree, he goes into the temple and he turns the temple to the tables over. He says, you have turned my house into the den of thieves. I said it should be called a house of prayer. And you've turned it into this. So what was that representative of? That was representing of uh, they were they were taking sacrifices. They were they were they would take sacrifice. The high priests and those would take sacrifices from the from the general public, and they could come in and just buy a dove, and and that priest would sacrifice that. Your sins are forgiven. Just go away, and you know everything's good. Not really any commitment to it at all. And so here we can see that Jesus was saying that religious group back of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they had a fig, fig tree uh, relationship. They had that fig tree uh, mentality. This is to, this to kind, of, kind of cover it up. <laughs> right? But he said, no. Jesus said, I am the truth, the way, the life. No one comes to the Father but me. So he was turning that, he was upsetting that whole thing. Now his disciples were there. And Jesus says an amazing thing. Mark 11, 23 and 22. He says, have the God kind of faith. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. So then faith cometh in our notes. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. How did I get to where I'm at? Because I heard, I heard, I heard. I'm hearing the word. I'm confessing the word. I'm doing the things of the kingdom. And God's going to open that door. He's going to bless that. How many of y'all ready to wait for 20 years for that to happen? 1998 to 2011. Somebody do the math for me real quick. Huh? Not quite 20 years, yeah. Not quite 20 years. See? But I'm not giving up on God's word. Why? Because he says that he's put things in my heart and I can have whatsoever I say. I'm going to say the same thing he says about me to him and to the spiritual realm. Because we operate from a different realm, right? As believers, we're not operating from a natural realm. What we see, hear, smell, taste, and think. That's the natural realm. We operate from a spiritual realm. How many of you know the spiritual realm is a whole lot different than the natural realm? <laughs> right? Because if we go by the natural realm, we're like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? 
But when we trust in God's word, when we trust what God's word says, when we trust him and we get our faith built up by coming to church, we get our faith built up by doing the things of the Lord. We get our faith built up by saying the same thing God says about our situation, by saying the same thing that his promise says about us. Guess who's going to get it? It's coming to me and it's coming to you when you say what he says. Amen. Amen. See, Romans 10, 17. Then faith cometh by hearing. Hearing and hearing. Hearing and hearing. How many of you know that's different than having heard? Right? We talked about that last week. What happens to the one that hears and don't understand? <laughs> All right. This goes away and, you know. What happens to the one that, you know, the persecution comes and, uh, you know, uh, resistance comes because of the word. Because we stand on the word. What happens to that? Well, did God really say? Hath God really said? But what happens to the one who receives the word with joy and is able to hold that and say the same thing? That person will receive the promises of God. Amen. Amen. The God kind of faith speaks that whatsoever shall say unto this mountain, Jesus said to his disciples in verse 23. But thou remove, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Amen? So when we look at our problem, we don't exalt the problem. We exalt the answer. And God says this about my problem. What kind of problem you guys got? Speak God's word over that problem. Amen? <laughs> Speak God's word over that problem. Say it and believe it. And guess what's going to happen? Even though you and I may not believe it to start off with, if we keep saying it, we keep uh, rehearsing it, keep meditating on it, guess, what, guess, guess what's going to happen to our believer? That believer on the inside is going to have to line up with what, what we sayeth. Amen? And then God's going to open doors up and there's going to, things going to manifest themselves for our good. Why? Because we are the righteousness of God. We are saying the same thing God says. And bam, we got it. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. The, kind of, the God kind of faith receives something. Mark 11, 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them. Believe that you receive them. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm encouraged by Jeannie. I'm not ready to go, baby. <laughs> Praise God. I'm not done yet. My body's got to line up with what his word says. I'm healed in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 What's he saying? <clears throat> Same thing God says. How do you know that? Because I know Psalms 91, the last verse says, with long life, he'll, sh he'll show me his salvation and satisfy my mouth with good things. I know that. Promise right there. How do I know that he wants to be healed? Because Isaiah 54, by his stripes I'm healed. He took all my infirmities. He bore all my diseases. He did all that for me. And I'm standing on that promise. Amen. 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 Faith cometh and you shall receive. Amen. Praise God. It's good. Amen. Listen, intellectualism and, and naturalism will try to talk you out of that. But the Spirit says, Amen, I agree with that. Amen. So you believe, you receive, you say the same thing God says. Guess what's going to happen to you and I? Blessed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Y'all mean it today. Stand with me today as we close. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much today for your goodness today, your grace, that amazing grace that we are saved by, by faith through that grace, Lord. We are saved by that. And Father, I just pray that today this would be a ministry that, um, that would be received on open hearts. So say this with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for all your promises. Lord, I stand on every promise that you have given to me. I stand steadfast. I'll not be moved by circumstances. I'll only be moved by what your word says about my circumstances. Thank you for the promises. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Okay, let's go to the Lord and close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word today. We all take it to heart that when we stand in faith by your, on your word, that we will get through and have those things that you've promised to us. So we thank you as you go with us this week, that you continue keeping all of us safe, that we trust and stand on your word, dig into your word a little bit more each day, and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, and all that agree, say... Amen. Also, remember, those that are going on the mission trip, those that have questions about the